we need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking, and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Welcome back, dear listener. Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast. It's back to our usual format. Four privileged white guys in the leafy western suburbs of Brisbane. We're going to solve all of the problems of the world in the next two hours. Or three or four. <laughs> I'm Trevor, a.k.a. the Iron Fist, over there worrying about what time he's going to get home because he's got a bike ride at 4.30 in the morning, Scott the Velvet Glove. G'day, Trevor. G'day, Paul. G'day, Joe. G'day, listeners. How are we all? And I'm still on the dole, by the way. No, but, but you've got interviews. I've got interviews. I've had a heap of interviews of late, actually. Yes. Yeah. With that spiffy haircut you've got and your trimmed physique and the little trim beard, you're, you're, you're going to nail this one. That's I've good, got, yeah. I feel confident with for you. Thank you very much. Yes. Paul, 12th man, welcome aboard. Greetings, Earthlings. Yes. And Joe, the tech guy, welcome aboard again. Evening, all. Mm. Just briefly, dear listener, uh, you might know that we have beer sponsors who provide us with uh, our beer supply. And And we're tonight, I'm Mm. drinking from Captain Doomsday, a Byron Bay Brewery premium lager. Yeah. Which is very nice. Yeah. And Captain Doomsday recognised that Joe doesn't drink beer and drinks rum. Yeah. And provided a bottle of... Very kindly, mm, I have to say. Thank you. Sailor Jerry. So we've got that to keep Joe happy for the next few weeks and months, depending how much he drinks. (laughs) (laughs) So Captain Doomsday, the rum sponsor, as well as the beer sponsor. Good on you, Captain Doomsday. Thanks very much, Captain. I'm quite partial to gin and tonics, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, we're putting in our specialty orders. All right, we'll see if there's a gin sponsor out there. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, before we move on, so as you know, dear listener, this is a podcast where we talk about news and politics and sex and religion. Normally, last week I had an interview with Des, which is something a bit different, so that was good and fun to do to break things up. And um, got some feedback from Matt, which was good feedback, which was basically, uh, I'll just sort of, I've got in full in the show notes here, but basically paraphrasing, just saying, you're not so sure about everything that Des was saying, starting to, you know, get borderline quackery in his sort of sort of words. So uh, he was saying that ketogenic diet stuff was particularly painful for me to listen to, um, language such as it's all about your biochemistry, there's no good cereal out there, it's what it does to your blood chemistry, body not in balance, multinodal effects, synergistic effects, entourage effects are meaningless words. And he thought Des crossed the line a little bit there at different times. Read it in the show notes. Good points because Matt had his bullshit detector flashing and let's face it, I'm not going to go on to no-carb diet. I'm still... Eat quite a high carb diet, I think, but I do a lot of exercise, so maybe that's different. But then again, I've got Crohn's disease, so maybe if I hadn't been eating all those carbs, maybe I wouldn't have Crohn's disease. Who knows? Anyway, there's a link in the show notes. Um, this from Matt saying, um, um, if you want a good website for information on medical based pseudoscience, I recommend quackwatch.com. And there's one on um, low carb diets, and I've got a link there. So he says, love your work. It's a massive weekly effort. Thank you, Matt. Any. A bit later on, sent me another message saying that um, Mandy Lee Noble, a dietitian based in southeast Queensland, was speaking on a podcast, and he's given a reference to 
the podcast, The Skeptic Zone, episode 532 um, at the 33-minute mark. Have a listen to that. So uh, all good points. So um, to balance what Des said, there we go. Right. Um, oh, the other thing, just before we get into the topics, is I need a break and Christmas is coming up. So I reckon next week will probably be our last episode of the year where there'll just be the four of us sitting around and then we're going to take a break for three or four weeks. And I've got one recorded interview, which I just have to clean up and that'll come out at some stage during the break. And otherwise we'll have a bit of a break. So if you don't subscribe to this podcast, you should subscribe. And that way the next episode after next week will pop up automatically in your feed. So we'll have a bit of a break and we're going to need a break because next year is going to potentially be busy, gentlemen, on the religious privilege front because <laughs> there's an article in The Australian where Australia's faith leaders are urging Scott Morrison to put the implementation of a Religious Discrimination Act at the top of his political agenda next year, warning their congregations would hold the Prime Minister to his election pledge once COVID-19 passes. So bunch of Christian groups have basically said, get cracking on that religious discrimination bill. So so they want the news to temple of Satan, do they? Well, that's where we're going to be very busy. So, mm. yeah. So, so anyway, there's going to be pressure on Morrison to get that going. He doesn't seem to have much else on his agenda, so I'm a bit worried because he's got nothing else to do. He well, just he's got nothing else to do. I mean, once yeah. the pandemic's behind him and that sort of stuff, which yeah. we're already rolling out vaccines in the United Kingdom as of today, mm. so... You know, vaccines will hit here in March, I think. Mm. We'll probably have the country basically vaccinated by September. Mm. So then it'll all be behind us. But, you know, I don't can't think of anything else that he actually went to the election with. No. He's got nothing on. Mm. You know, I'll you know, they'll go back to their usual diatribe of beating up welfare recipients and all that sort of stuff. You know, they'll go back to that saying, you know, the pandemic's over, you ought to all be working by now, otherwise, you know, you're just bludgers. Yes. Anyway. So I think I think just because they have nothing else on, they might do it. So we'll see. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and just one that quickly came across my inbox this afternoon, and I'll just slip this in. Dear listener, of course, we're going to talk about China and Australian and Australia and our relationship. That's going to... Um, be a big one. But before we get to that, I'll just quickly slip in this other topic, which is um, down in Victoria, Daniel Andrews is trying to get through some legislation on gay conversion therapy, mm. outlawing it. Mm-hmm. So there's a bill in front of the parliament, which as I, I believe has not yet been passed, but it's in discussion. So that's causing a split amongst the Liberal Party in Victoria as to how they deal with it. And um, so... Uh, Can we get the religious leaders and hmm. convert them to being gay? Maybe they are well, maybe. already, and they just the more they shout angrily at the gay people, the less they'll be there'll be suspicion. That That's true. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes like that happens. Victor Orban's hmm. deputy or whatever he was, the the a member of the European Parliament in Belgium. Yes, he was arrested for. The cops were called to a noise complaint and that sort of stuff to a party that was being held in Brussels. Mm. Anyway, when the cops burst in and that sort of stuff, they discovered 25 naked men in there. Yes. And Orban's deputy, whatever, was jumping out the window naked. Mm. 
and he had a backpack full of ecstasy tablets. Yeah. So that's why he resigned from the member. Of, he resigned from the European Parliament. But he had been quite vehement, vehemently anti-gay. anti-gay. Now yeah. he had actually rewritten the Hungarian constitution to completely strip any rights at all that LGBT people had to even having their relationships recognised. Mm. And yet here he was carrying on with blokes. Yeah. But, but don't you think he was just, you know, showing his commitment to getting research, you know, getting the facts, <laughs> getting the facts before he, you know, presented his proposals? Mm. Huh? Mm. Yeah. You know. Anyway, it just Don't goes to show. He's got a very good point he, here. He said, the more venom against homosexuality, the higher the chance they repest the, homosexuals. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a classic Hitchens quote. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I'll try and find it a bit later. So, um, okay. But just back to this Victorian legislation. So Labor's introduced legislation that would ban religious groups, including churches, from using prayer to change LGBTIQ people. Some religious leaders are saying the laws are too far-reaching and are a threat to religious freedoms. Archbishop Common Solely told the age that the laws are too far-reaching. Who I pray to, how I pray, what I pray for, and most particularly who I pray with is of no concern to any government, he said. So, yeah, so the I legislation... I to agree with him there. I do too. I mean... Mm. Prayer, Prayer doesn't, is, do doesn't do anything. So mm. it's of no so, real harm if they're allowed to pray for someone, but... So, so hang on, mm. what who he prays with in private is fine, mm. but who he has sex with in private? Yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> actually, good point, Joe. Yeah, I had the same thoughts. I thought actually that's a fair. You know, is, is it really just saying you can't pray? Like, so I thought that you, that bill was to do with a more sort of intensive psychological um, treatment. Of- no, it definitely includes prayer. Um, goes beyond just... Why would they bother including prayer? Well, here's the thing, dear listener. It's always... Are they actually saying in the legislation that they can't pray? I'll get to it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. There is the answer right there, Scott. So it actually says in the legislation, these things, dear listener, you have to read the source material. It's like with these COVID articles that get shared around and talk about a report or an article, you actually you actually have to go to the source material and just have a bit of a look. And, hey, if you're not a trained lawyer, you might make a mistake in reading it. And if you're not a trained sort of doctor of medicine, you might make mistakes in reading the medical scientific journal. But at least you'll be another step ahead along the track of working out what's going on. So the beautiful thing of the internet is you can quickly find a link that will take you to the draft legislation. And what it says in Section 5 is... Uh, In this act, a change or suppression practice means a practice or conduct directed towards a person, whether with or without the person's consent, okay? So even if the person consents to this, it's still a problem. Um, So it's a practice or conduct directed towards a person on the basis of the person's sexual orientation or gender identity for the purpose of changing or suppressing the sexual orientation or gender identity of the person or inducing the person to change or suppress their sexual orientation. So basically, a practice or conduct with or without the person's consent where you're trying to change or suppress the sexual orientation or gender identity. A bit further on, it says that for the purpose of that section... 
a practice includes carrying out a religious practice, including but not limited to a prayer-based practice, a deliverance practice, or an exorcism. I like that last bit. Spinning heads. So it's basically saying a practice where you're trying to persuade somebody about their orientation or gender, and it includes carrying out a prayer-based practice. That's what is the definition of what they're looking at here. And you think, well, that includes organising a prayer meeting, even with the person's consent, to change their feelings. But you've got to read on further where it says the actual offence is where you engage in such a practice and the change or suppression practice causes injury to a person and you are negligent when you are engaging in the practice as to whether it would cause injury. So basically when we said before, well, what's the harm in somebody praying? Well, if you pray and you do this, and you don't cause injury, you'll be fine. But you run the risk that if somebody can prove they were injured through mental stress or whatever as a result of this, then you're in trouble. So it's up to somebody to sort of prove an injury. Well, I suppose if words are bullets, prayers can mm. be like knives, can't they? Well, well, it depends. If If you've got someone... In the middle of a prayer circle, and you've got all these dickheads sitting around there praying away mm. the gay and that sort of stuff. Mm. That is, I would have thought that would break this law because they're praying for that individual and that sort of stuff. Well, it's a definition uh, of a suppression practice, exactly. But the but offence only... only occurs when when you do that and it causes injury yes. to a person. Yeah, so, so okay, so that person couldn't... Well, that could, person could end up being psychologically injured by the prayer oh, and that sort of shit. Correct, which it would have to be proven. Yeah, so, which is pretty difficult, I would have thought. Yeah, so if somebody says, I'm just doing harmless prayer, you'd say, well, you'll be okay if it's harmless prayer, but you want to be careful because if you're psychologically damaging somebody, then you're up for an And, and I think offense. that there's a lot of um, coercive effect in a group. Mm. Mm. So, so Absolutely. If you've got a whole group of people there praying over an individual in the middle of a room, yeah. then that is coercive, like you said. Mm. Um, that, that's why it doesn't really matter whether you've got consent or not from the individual because mm. mm, they're recognising I mean, that coercion. Yes. If it's someone off there privately praying in their own room and that sort of stuff for such and such a soul, like, you know, mm. I'm sure my late mother prayed for me and that sort of stuff too <laughs> when I came out, but, you know... And how did they go? It didn't work. <laughs> um, it, it's just I can understand what this bishop was saying there and that sort of stuff, saying that who he prays to and that sort of stuff is his own business. Mm-hmm. But if you actually got a guy in the middle of a group of people who are all out there praying and that sort of stuff and laying on hands and blah, 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 that could actually be causing a significant amount of psychological trauma to him, especially if he's only a 15-year-old kid or something like that. Mm. The other thing associated with this is there's also sort of ancillary laws about not organising something that could be taken to be this sort of event. So there's other sort of restrictions that way. So, so there we go. Well, I understand That's where actually a law against praying, in a sense. I found the Hitchens quote, if you want. Yes, uh, it's about... Um, the guy on his knees in a toilet. Yeah, go on. What is it? Yep. Whenever I hear some big mouth in Washington or the Christian heartland banging on about the evils of sodomy or whatever, 
I mentally enter his name in my notebook and contentedly set my watch. Sooner, rather than later, he'll be discovered down on his weary and well-worn old knees in some dreary motel or latrine with an expired visa card having tried to pay well over the odds to be peed on by some Apache transvestite. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is good. Yeah, he had a way with words, didn't he? He did. He did have a real way with words. He yeah. did. It's a real pity he died. So anyway, that's what's happening in Victoria, yet to be passed. That's causing some angst amongst the Liberal Party. And interesting that we've actually got a law against prayer if the prayer causes damage to somebody in those circumstances where you're trying to change their, convince them to change their sexual orientation or gender identity. And it's interesting that it includes um, a religious practice, including but not limited to a prayer-based practice, a deliverance practice, or an exorcism. So Noosa Temple of Satan will have a little bit of fun with that because uh, the Victorian law on the face of it is is helping to stamp out exorcisms. So They'll have to relocate a couple of states, though, won't they? Mm-hmm. They'll have to relocate. Well, they're in to Victoria, right? What the law actually says is you can't take somebody out of Victoria with the intention of avoiding this law into another state and then doing the practice over there. Oh, so, really? Yeah, it says words to that effect. Where have if you're Victorian s- residents and you go to another state from for the purpose of avoiding, to Albury <laughs> for the purpose of avoiding this section, uh, you're, you're caught, mate. <laughs> have you seen the the documentary Kidnap for Christ? No. About um, these teenagers, re- rebellious teenagers, being taken down to the Caribbean and South America right. um, for conversion—not necessarily sexually, but uh, a lot of it is right. um, Christian camps to set them on the right path. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. Doesn't. Well, at least they're in the Caribbean, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Paul, you just sent something this afternoon. Argentina is creating a wealth tax uh-huh. to help pay for their COVID response. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So Argentinians with um, considerable wealth, and it looks like it's sort of uh, two point two and a half million. Well, 1.8 million pounds. Yep. I, I thought that was a rather low threshold, didn't you? Well, they're going to be paying um, up to 5.25% tax. Of their, their income or their wealth? I think of their wealth. It didn't give much detail, did it? Didn't, it didn't, no. It was the BBC. And just, but anyway, it looks like some sort of wealth tax to pay for um, the problems caused by mm. COVID-19 in There's only 12,000 people that have actually got this sort of money. I, I was mm. going to say, so it, they it actually, may seem to be a low threshold, but I don't yeah. think there's many millionaires in Argentina. Mm. No. Mm. Argentina used to be one of the wealthiest countries in the world, but, you know, because of... Dictatorships and that sort of stuff, they've lost mm, it. Mm. They yeah. still have the tango. They've still got the tango, yes. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, I'm just going to skip over that. And all right, let's talk about China, Australia oh, relations. So, so, dear listener, if you're listening to this in a few years' time, you're going through the back catalogue, we better sort of just get you up to speed with what's happened. So... Well, we've got a Brereton inquiry going on in Australia that's basically highlighted that it looks like our SAS troops in Afghanistan have committed some pretty serious atrocities. Absolutely. And we're also in the middle of a diplomatic war of sorts with China. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the higher-ranking Chinese officials put out a tweet. Is well, that right? He, is he, is, is, well, I, he was lower-ranked, but lower he, ranking. he wasn't... He was an official of the Chinese Foreign Ministry. Right. So, anyway. He would, have, he would why... have done it with Beijing approval, presumably. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Nothing goes on without Xi's yeah, approval. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's not a mistake. It's a... It's a anyway, it was a tweet which he basically... Um, Took a meme which he'd seen, or one of his colleagues had concocted. No, no, was... no. It was it was constructed by some young Chinese guy who does this quite on a regular basis. Mm. And uh, the foreign ministry guy saw it and liked it mm. and reposted it on his own Twitter feed. Mm. So the picture was of an apparently an Aussie soldier um, with a. A young girl, I think, and a knife in his hand, seemingly about to slit the throat of the young girl, and he's got a she's holding a lamb. On the actual photograph it says, Don't be afraid, we are coming to bring you peace. And when this guy retweeted it, he added the comment Shocked by murder of Afghan civilians and prisoners by Australian soldiers, we strongly condemn such acts and call for a holding them accountable. Which is precisely what's going to happen. Now, you know, <laughs> this whole thing started because of an open, transparent investigation that was headed up by Brereton, who was a former New South Wales judge, wasn't he? Don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he headed it up. He's handed the report over to the government. He said 19 soldiers have been implicated in the murder of 39 Afghan civilians. Or... Civilians or prisoners. Mm. Anyway, they were disarmed combatants. Mm. Well, some and not of them, children. Yeah. The, uh, the thing about the children apparently was just hearsay and there was, they didn't find any real evidence to support that allegation. They are prosecuting no, no. the whistleblower who went to the ABC, though. Well, we'll get into the evidence about children. But Did you find some? Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Okay. Yep. Daniel says he was a former Supreme Court justice. Thank you, Daniel. Former, so... Uh, so we'll just get on to Morrison's reaction. Scott Morrison was aghast at this and... And he probably went a bit over the top, actually. Yeah. Well, what did he say? He said that... It's a repugnant... Mm, the no. Chinese government should be totally ashamed of this post. It diminishes them in the world's eyes. It's a false image and a terrible slur on our great defence forces and the men and women who have served in that uniform for over 100 years. There are undoubtedly tensions that exist between China and Australia, but this is not how you deal with them. So, um, so. I agreed with what he said. However, it should have come from someone lower down the food chain rather than Morrison. Right. Why? Why? Because mm. Morrison was up the top. This other guy's from lower down the food chain. So what he's doing is he's, he's overreacting to a, well... An illegitimate tweet that came from a lower-level person. The guy was not that lower level. No, you know, I know he, he wasn't was, that low. He was level. a fairly prominent person in the foreign ministry. So yeah, I know, but he wasn't. He wasn't worth the prime minister dirtying his hands on it. Maybe if you'd had a situation that Maurice Payne is she our foreign minister? Yep. Yeah, maybe Maurice Payne could have got up and said, "This is offensive because of ABC." And we want China to take this post down, then that would have been more that would have been preferable to having Scomo lose his shit the way he did. 
I just got to find the section. Sorry, I'm just a little bit uh, little section I had about about the actual history of um, of what they found in terms of so the Brereton report has got lots of redacted sections in it. So there was a report done that helped lead up to the Brereton report. And in that, oh, re- and that, in that report, dumb. it refers to children being killed and, and implying that their throats were cut, men and boys, by SAS soldiers. And the Brereton report um, has areas in it that are redacted that we cannot read yet. Mm-hmm. But in areas it says this is some of the most despicable stuff that could possibly have been done by our services. So given that a report that led up to the Brereton Report talks about the slitting of throats, and given that the Brereton Report's actually got a lot of redacted sections, it seems that it's going to turn out quite likely that, in fact, SAS soldiers slit the throats of children. Well, that's a big assumption, Trevor, I'd say. Well... We certainly know that they've killed children. So there's how been do, multiple... How do we know that? Well, they've admitted to it in terms of SAS activities in Afghanistan where civilians have been killed, including children. Well, so, civ- civilians do get killed in it, war. It, exactly. And, are, and children often get killed too. But yeah, yeah, exactly. it's quite so, another thing to say that SAS soldiers so, were slitting the throats of children. Well, at this stage, with the report that led up to the Brereton Report saying that's what we're talking about and the Brereton Report having redacted sections, it's I'd be putting my money on it that that's what happened. And, and also um, depends on your definition of children mm-hmm. because a 17-year-old is technically a child. Yeah. But they're mm. certainly old enough to pick up a rifle and go fight. And not, not in Queensland, by the mm. way. So mm. if any of our listeners are in Queensland mm. and your child mm. gets arrested at schoolies or some such event like mine did... Some years back, and uh, he was only 17, and the police locked him up for a night and wouldn't let him call his parents because he was 17. And in Queensland, mm. 17, they treat him like adults. That's true. Yeah. Yep. So, look, ultimately, the Brandon Report's saying that we did some really terrible things, quite possibly... This but exact it, thing. It is possible. It is and, possible that children and, were murdered. Yes. Yes. And what Morrison should have gone was, well, we've done enough despicable things. You don't need to make up a doctored photo. Like, let's just, you know, we we examine these things. It'll come out in the wash. People will be dealt with. Yeah, but, unlike your system. But it was the so. character of the, of the image, wasn't it? Mm. It was not just mm. a fabricated image, but mm. it was an image deliberately designed to make Australians look like bloodthirsty murderers. But, but, but our, our report's already saying we killed innocent... Not we. Not we. Our soldiers did. A, a, yeah. A but small, that's what the picture is of, a, a, a soldier. A small number mm. of our soldiers mm. did despicable things. Mm. No argument that, it, mm. that killing unarmed combatants or, mm. or civilians is mm. despicable. No argument there I, at all. I think if Scott Morrison had said, it, it looks like there were some horrible things that happened... 
but unlike China, we actually face up and run a report. Yes. Exactly. That, that, that's exactly. the response it should have been. Yes. But to say this is an outrageous slur when well, we've just had a, a slur. But we've just had a report that's basically made yes. the same no, slur. No, 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 no. The photo was not based on the report. The photo no. was a constructed image of a soldier with uh, an Australian flag over what looks like other a dead corpse, bodies, yeah. mm. uh, several of them, mm. And, uh, you know, this child holding... I'm not sure why you thought it was a girl, by the way, but I anyway... Was a, I thought I read somewhere it was a girl. I didn't read... Like a little girl holding a lamb? No, well, the only I, I read a others. child holding uh, a lamb, but anyway... The only picture I've ever seen has been all blurred out, so I couldn't yeah. tell if it was and, a girl and, or a girl. And this doctored image of an Australian soldier mm. saying, we come in peace, you know. Mm. I mean, this is a, an incredible slur. You don't think so? But it's characterising what our own report is saying has happened. No, and no, nothing. Did was there anything in the report saying that they, they slit people's throats while saying we come in peace? That's not the point. It is the point. That the point is we've got cold-blooded murderers in our defence force, and from the Chinese point of view, we're going. You've got a terrible human rights record, which right? they do. Yeah, and the Chinese are simply turning around and going. Well, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. That's well, what they're doing. I mean, I, I agree with if, Scott if, that if, they they probably should have said, well, unlike China, mm. the Australian military holds its uh, soldiers in, to account indeed, when they do the wrong thing. Indeed. That would have been a perfect response. It would have been the appropriate response. But to response. say, I'm outraged you suggest that we're killing innocent people, well, we've just had a report that says that's what we're doing. Not we. We, as in our soldiers. A, yeah, a small number of soldiers well, 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 among but, thousands but the that Chinese, have served in Afghanistan. But the Chinese thousands. image didn't say all Australians are doing it. The Chinese image it says did. Aussie soldiers no, 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 are no, no, doing no, Trevor, it. Trevor, it, it had this soldier with an Australian flag draped over You're dead it. bodies and an Australian You're, soldier with his Australian... You're wanting to exaggerate I, the meaning of their... Yes, Their it was image. very symbolic, and it's, it was very deliberately symbolic. It was clearly referring to the Brereton Report, was it not? It was referring was, to Australia was, as a country weren't they making of the point, people who pretend to be peaceful but, you know, murder children. Weren't they making the exact point that I've just said, that you guys are telling us we've got a terrible human rights record. Yes. You're not so clean yourselves. This is what you guys are doing. Yes. Isn't that what that image is saying? I I think it uh, symbolically says a whole lot more than that. I think it's simply saying you guys aren't so clean. Your soldiers in your own report are doing this sort of stuff. Yeah. So don't be so high and mighty is what it's saying. Well, I don't think China's mm. put that much thought into it, actually. Mm. I think they've just taken mm. this and they said, oh, this will be fun. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. And yeah. they've just tried to kick the bear and that sort of stuff. Well, I think they're going, fuck you guys. We're sick of you complaining about us when you are not... You're not so clean yourselves. And, Here's and some, that part is You want to throw dirt, dirt at us? Here's some dirt back. Yeah, yeah. Is, is what yeah, they're doing. And, that, and that's fine, but I honestly believe that mm. Morrison would have been better off standing up to Xi and saying, well, mm. unlike China, if something like this happens, yes. our military is going to go through an open and honest and transparent exactly. exposure and we will find out where the hell has all gone wrong. Yeah, mm. you know, did China ever have a report and that sort of stuff into the actions of the PLA in Tiananmen Square? Maybe they did, but no, it was never made not. public. Of course mm. they wouldn't. It was never mm. made public. It was a terrible thing. Exactly. And what did we do afterwards? Well, we allowed the Chinese that were living here to stay here permanently. And, and what else did we do? 
We kept yes. selling them stuff. Just kept selling them a whole show. <laughs> and we kept letting them buy stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we just said, life continues. Didn't we? As everybody expected, yeah. You know? Didn't we? After the dust settles, everybody didn't, just says, didn't well, we? Back to business as everyone, usual. No, everyone thought that China was going to end up being this liberal democracy and that sort of thing. Everyone just thought that China well, was going to that, go... they didn't. No, up well, to that point. up to that point. Yeah, but my point, point is, after that point, what did we do? We back, just we sold them even England. more stuff. Exactly. Back to business as usual, yeah. Yeah. Here's an order form. Please sign. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hypocrisy on both sides, I'd say. But, yes. But certainly I think that there's more hypocrisy on the Chinese side because, as Scott rightly pointed out, the mm. Australian government is holding an inquiry. It's open and transparent, except mm. for the redacted parts, mm. and um, they're going to hold those soldiers to account. Mm. One so, would have thought so. Mm. I, I Look, really would not be surprised if mm. the next the next step is to set up a mm. special prosecutor yeah. and that sort of stuff to work out who Cle- they should be charged. Clearly our well, human... They already know who they're going to charge. Yeah. Clearly yeah. our human rights record is better than China's. Like, that's not without question. But the point is, from the Chinese <laughs> perspective, it was... If I was... I'll take if that I was as, in a, charge as of, a win. If I was in, but I'm not, I haven't suggested for a minute that our human rights record is not as good. What I'm saying is... Of course they're going to do this. And if I was in charge of China at this point in time, I would give that guy a promotion and say, good on you. Like, you stuck it to him. You Like, these pesky Australians throwing around the shit about us all the time, we need to put them in their place. And that's what they did. But it's just one part. Don't you think they've already put us in our place with the, with the no, wine ban, not, not the yet. barley ban Cause, and everything cause, else? No, because, um, because what happened? They, they banned what? Four or five products. Um, we had problems with meat. We had problems with barley, etc. Timber, right? Lobster. That was after wine, Morrison with the with, with suggesting that we should have an inquiry. Cotton. We should have um, no, people go inspect weapons yeah, yeah. inspectors. Power, okay, which after was that, ridiculous. Okay, yes. so after that, they they started enforcing some trade things, right? Okay, what did Morrison do? Go to the Japanese and 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 spruik up. This defence pact, very sensible, I think. And and what else did he do? Instead of just zooming a meeting with them in the middle of a pandemic, he physically goes to Japan to sign it and to um, spruik it as this amazing defence pact between Australia and China as part of this agreement with India and America. So when you say, "Oh, they've already kicked us. Why do they need to kick us again?" Well, in the middle of this fight, Morrison decides, oh, bull in a China shop, I'm going to go to Japan and, and, and China's most bitter enemy and, and do this public deal with them. And, of course, then China's going to go, oh, really? Tre- Trevor, these sorts of defence packs, they don't happen overnight. This was, yeah. all, this was always going to happen. Of course. He didn't go to Japan to, to, to rub salt in the, in the face of the Chinese. Oh, I think bullshit. the timing of it was a you can, little you bit... You can conclude it whenever you like. You can conclude it whenever you like. So you still think... You're, you, you're still fixated on Morrison saying this weapons inspection type powers. Well, yeah. Yeah, do you it think is. it's all about that, do you? No, you know, it's part of it. a lot of it is, yeah. I think that's just a, it's a, one it's part of fragment. It. I don't think it's all this, of it. This was always going to think, come to a head. I think it's part of it. It was always going to come to a head because the Chinese are expansionist in their region mm. and they have been yeah. pushing, we have been pushing, or the Australian military has been pushing back, the Australian government's been pushing back. It was always going to come to a head 
and there was this deal with the Japanese has probably been in the works for several years. Look, the deal with the Japanese has been in the works for several years, but you have all sorts of options as to when you conclude this. So why, why delay it? Because you're in the middle of a shit fight with China. Why throw fuel onto a fire with an important trading partner when you don't have to. Because they've shown themselves not to be a reliable trading partner, so what what difference would it make anyway? Because it's about face. You should understand face and Asian relationships more than anybody. I do understand it. Then you should understand the disrespect that China would view that with. You would understand the loss of... Oh, my God. You don't. No. China would look at that and go, oh, that's all right, good on you. Hope you enjoyed your trip. Hope you had some good sushi. I totally understand the point you're making about face. I Mm. absolutely totally understand that. But the point I make is the Chinese have been acting like dickheads Absolute dickheads, you know, like really, really, you know, pushing the knife in and twisting it on Australia's in Australia's trade. Right? Yeah, and why? Because they're pissed they with can. us. Because yes. they can, indeed, and they want to show Australia that if you step out of line or step the wrong way, we are going to punish you. And that's what it's all about. It's, it, it is. It's and it's to about... the other countries in the area as well. It's so, also sending a signal to the... They're right. sending a signal to the other countries. Absolutely. See what's happening to Absolutely. Australia? If you if yes. you want to create a problem that's for right. us, here's what's going to happen to you, and you is don't what they're think, doing. You don't think that it's in Australia's interest to, in front of those other local, you know, regional countries. Mm-hmm. Australia says, look... We've had enough of this uh, local bully pushing us yeah. around, so we're not going to take it anymore. Anybody else with us? You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it may be in Australia's interest to just stand up and say, look, mm. sorry, but we don't do business this way. Mm. You know, we're mm. a, a peace-loving country and we, we want to trade with people in a cooperative, you know, equitable fashion. Mm. If the Chinese want to use their, you know, their, their, their might and their, you know, their size... Mm. to push around small players, well, we're going to demonstrate to the world and mm. to the, you know, the regional community of nations that you don't have to put up with it. You don't think that's a good thing to do? I think no. it would have been no. a hell of a lot more terrible idea. Okay, you would. Yeah. Because you think America is the big bully of the world and no, no, China no, no, is just no. some poor America developing has, actually, country. Actually, no, America has nothing to do with this particular issue. Really? Yeah, in, in, the, in the sense of the economy, because... What about the, the defence pact? That but, wasn't just with Japan. It was with the USA, yeah, Japan and India. Yeah, yeah. But, but that, was, that was sort of signalling that the essence of this problem isn't so much the US. It doesn't really come into the calculation. It is we sell so much to China and we import so much from China mm. that if we want to say, well, China, fuck you, we've stopped, we're going to, if you want to be like this, we're not going to trade with you, that's going to cause us enormous problems yep. and it will be not even a mosquito bite to them. And, so, and that's why Morrison so, didn't say so, fuck you. He, he said... No, but he did. When he went oh, to Japan... That's not saying fuck you. That yes, is it, saying, yes, it is. That is saying we have no, interests. No. It's, we have our own interests and, and we will it's, it's precise, stand up for our own interests. No, it's precisely what he did because he could have conducted that agreement. He could have concluded it at any time. He could have done it by Zoom. He didn't have to physically go there 
but he did it as a... He's as exempt. A, He's he, a VIP. He did it as a fuck you to China wow. and as a stirring of a... Uh, adding fuel to a fire that was already raging. It was, a, it was a terrible diplomatic move because at this point, as I said to you weeks ago or months ago, we were talking about China is a competitor, but it's a customer. You have to manage the relationship. Of at course. certain points, you have to fight yeah. and draw a line. But at other points, you have to give. You can't get everything your own way. What's our trade minister's name? Simon Birmingham. 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 Yeah. I think yeah. has been extremely restrained and diplomatic <clears throat> in everything he said. Right. He can't, he can't get a phone call to the, chi- to exactly. the Chinese. And, <laughs> and what does that tell you, Trevor? It's, he it's, has tried to be diplomatic, to, to talk it over, yeah. and they've just sort of slammed the phone it, in it his It tells ear. you that Morrison's actions have closed oh, the door God. on Birmingham. No, it tells you that China yeah, is him. a regional bully. Right. Well, I think that um, China did close, the, did did put the phone down before mm. the Japan trip came up. Well before. Well before. Indeed. So why go to Japan and so lock the door with three, with three deadlocks? So why not go because to Japan? Because it's just made it harder to, re, the to resurrect the relationship. The not responding anyway. So why not go to Japan? Because it just makes it worse. Oh, come on. It can't get... It, it'll only get... It can, as, it can it get worse. Yes, and the point, I would make, worse. the point I would make is and, and, it will only get as worse as China wants it to, to be. And you're the man who talks about lockdowns and the effect on the economy and how, and how basically we had to really acknowledge the disaster for people's livelihoods yes. if the economy failed. Well, if they can't and go to work and you are willing their... to just throw our economy in the bin... I'm not throwing anything in well, the bin. Well, that's what you are when no, you're saying, oh, I want to... rubbish, keep... Trevor. That's what it's chi- it's that's... the Chinese leadership who is trying to trash our economy. That they're they're that warning us. That is not the same as me objecting to our own government trashing the economy, for Christ's sake. I don't know it's... how you can... Use that as an analogy. They're being reckless with our economy. Who is? Morrison. No, he's not. He's He's, done... I mean... What he did was reckless. They've done everything reasonable to, you know, to iron out the problems. Do you think I'm an outlier on this? the Chinese are just saying, fuck you, we're not talking to you. Do you think my ideas on this are a real outlier? Your ideas? Yeah, the the proposals I'm putting forward in this, do you think I'm like a quite... an an out there outlier no, in my no, no, approach no. to this? Not necessarily an outlier. I know there's a, a range yeah. of viewpoints because on this issue. Because when I read the John Menagee blog... Well, I don't read it, so... There you well, go. you should, because there's a lot of ex-diplomats and a lot of ex-ambassadors to China and other countries yeah. who are basically saying the same thing I'm How saying. How many, when you say a lot of diplomats? Three, four, five, mm. who are saying this is crazy the way Australia has handled this. So yeah, well, this is not, got this is not some Trevor pro-socialist, communist, crazy <laughs> red view. This is experienced diplomats who are saying yeah. Australia and Morrison have fucked this up badly. It did not have to go this way. So well, they're you're, entitled you're, to their point of view. I, I know. And, and so I'm, are you. I, I, and I am, but I'm just, the way you're reacting is like I'm half crazy. But no, I'm no, telling no, you, no, this no. is not some outlier just, sort of... I just of, strongly disagree with you. Yeah, but it's not some outlier sort of viewpoint on this. It's, it's quite, a, well, a, a, it's quite say, a viewpoint amongst I many. I if we looked, we would mm. find just as many diplomats who thought that it was about time the find Chinese... Find me some, right? Well, who aren't, aren't defence based 
experts. Exactly. What's wrong with I, I don't experts? think that... their, their motivation is war. Okay, so you're you're talking about people whose motivation is trade. Well, you know. These are retired ex diplomats. Their, their motivation is diplomacy. They're ex public servant professional diplomats. Mm-hmm. That, and, that sort of people. And there would be others who would disagree with them, I'm sure. And there would. But I'm just saying it's... I it's... don't think you're going to find a majority of diplomats or ex-diplomats mm. on your side there, Paul. I think the majority would actually line up with Trevor there. You mm. might think now, so. I don't, you might be wrong too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, I don't mm. know which one I really agree with because, you know... It's a tough issue. It is I a agree. very tough issue. And I think that it would, have been, it would have been a hell of a lot better had the Australian economy been what's the word i'm looking for gone outside of more, china more diversified exactly diversified yeah. our opinions uh, diversified our customer base rather than just relying on china well we have. they're gonna have to do it now um it's you know, not easy it's, it's not a, easy i agree tell, tell that so who are the winemakers but look easy or not easy or not there is, I mean, if what? the Chinese say, we're not going to buy your, your, your wine anymore, and there's a whole list of stuff. It's yeah. not just, it's not just I'm not well aware of beef. that. There's a whole list of stuff, yes. and they are going to continue to add more and more so, stuff. So what do you say to our winemakers? Well, I'm going to say to them, this is life in the real world, mm. and unfortunately our best customer has just, uh, you know, chucked a, a spazzo. Mm. And they're not going to buy our stuff anymore, so we're going to have to do our best to find new customers. Mm. What else can you do? Mm. I mean, we're not going to sort of, you know, say, okay, uh, trade is everything. Trade is the only thing we care about, and so we're going to we're going to do whatever you want us to do, China. Just please keep buying our stuff. I'm not suggesting that. Well, you know, I mean, what choice Mm. do we have if China says we're not buying it? We can't force them to buy it. We hmm. just have no choice and, but to look it, for other customers. if the Chinese want to lock up Uyghurs and pull their organs out of them, or if they want to do other things, we can't stop them there either. We've, of course we can't. We have to be realistic in what we can get done. So we, we can't just bluster about stuff that is impossible. We have to pick and choose. At some stages you have to draw a line, but in others you have to recognise. But don't you think it's also important to make a statement on principle? Uh, in di- in the diplomatic world, you don't unnecessarily pick a fight openly. You work behind the scenes. Yeah. You don't you don't broadcast your fights like this. No, I agree. It probably should have been done more uh, discreetly. Mm. But you know, for all we know, Morrison. You're talking about why did Morrison have to go now to Japan? Mm. For all we know, he has intelligence that we, we don't have access to for very good reasons, mm-hmm. that might have prompted him to get it done quicker I rather don't than buy later. This. I, I, I don't buy this, we need these um, security laws because our intelligence people know stuff and we can't tell you what it is, but trust us, we know it and we need it. Like, I'm not, that's bullshit. Like, Morrison has special knowledge of stuff that needed... What is in the end? It's actually a pissy little agreement. This thing with the with the Japanese was was nothing pissy. Yeah, it was nothing major. It was a so tiny why, little agreement. Why did the Chinese get upset about it? Because Morrison it beat major. it up as a defence pact out of something that was actually a pissy little thing. This is the annoying thing about it. Is what was is, pissy about it? Well, it didn't actually make major changes. It it was about. Um, 
what the rules apply when your soldiers are in when Australian soldiers are in Japan, for example, and whether they can be charged with offences on the ground in Japan. That was Japan. just one detail, but, I believe. Well, that wasn't the, the, the heart of the agreement. That's the example of the of the it was a pretty low key agreement that Morrison built up as a defence pact when he didn't have to. This is part of the problem. Yeah, but when when two countries have a have a mutual defence pact, they they always have to iron out <laughs> the agreements of what happens to our our military personnel when they're in your country and they you know they step out of line and do something bad. Yes, they always have to iron that yeah. out. Yeah. Can you just move the microphone a little bit? Is he is his voice is it is too he, peaky? Just, is it? We're just missing him, or me? No, it's no. coming through your microphone. Oh, is it? Okay, he's okay. So, so what's my microphone? So, 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 no, you go. Far? If you go closer, oh. then J- Joe can turn your microphone. On, I don't know. But anyway, how, how is it now? All right, it's okay. good. Sorry, okay. maybe I'm just interfering. I shouldn't be. But sorry. That's all right. Um, uh, what is this defence agreement? If I can find it. Mm. Um, so they've reached a defence pact that will allow their forces to train in each other's territory as both countries seek to navigate tensions with an increasingly assertive China. So this is from The Guardian. Morrison told reporters um, that Australia and Japan shared an alliance with the US and significant trading relationships with China. He said the importance of the new defence pact cannot be understated. Good. In the middle of a shit fight with China. Oh, fuck China. You can't say that you clearly no, don't own a winery no, no, trying the, to sell shit to them. The Australians have so you got gone, upset, gone out of their way to be polite and diplomatic, and the Chinese have snubbed them. So that's what you do when you have a big customer. So you say, "Oh well, yeah, yeah. fuck off then if you yeah. don't want to talk to me." Yeah, and to all those businesses, too bad. Oh, look, and I find this. I feel for the business people yeah, and, yeah. and the wine producers and all yeah. of them. They they're going to do it tough for a while, absolutely, and that's not good. They're, they're going to go broke. Not just going to do it tough for a while. Possibly. They're going to go broke. So. But you don't go crawling right. to a local bully it, because... You see, that's not about crawling. That's about you want to keep your lunch money. That's you know? about... Has Japan, has Japan fallen foul of China in terms of trade? Has suddenly China... Probably. Has China suddenly stopped imports of, from Japan? Uh, no. Yes, Trevor. No, you're wrong on that. Uh, it was in the last, I don't know how long ago, it might have been a couple of years ago, it might be three or four years ago, right. but yes, China, in fact, um, restricted uh, exports of, um, what do they call them? Mm. You know, these minerals that are quite rare and hard to find? Um, rare earths. Rare earths, yeah. Oh. And, and China actually had been exporting quite significant quantities to Japan for mm. industrial purposes, obviously, mm. and they suddenly cut the amount that they were willing to export to Japan, which was a big problem for the mm. Japanese. The South Koreans also had a problem. J- Japan and South Korea have a much better relationship with China than we do now. Okay. And that's because of one Morrison. More item. Mm. Uh, not so long ago when the South Koreans uh, agreed to base uh, an American missile system, a fairly sophisticated American defence missile system in South Korea, the Chinese were very, very angry. And they, in fact, punished the South Koreans uh, yeah. quite significantly in terms of um, trade trade punishment. So, yeah. yes, they do punish other countries. It's not the, just Australia. Their relationship is far better with China than ours is. Well, everybody they, gets they, punished. They've been clever, much cleverer at it. 
and other countries are now going to be selling. Um, the US is going to be selling wine and barley and all the stuff that we're not selling because we were stupid enough to be their lapdog. So they'll end up selling the stuff and we'll be the ones paying the price. That's, that's how it'll pan out. I think you're speculating a bit. Mm. No, uh, you, you've already seen that already, that China has bought all their barley from the US. Yeah, 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 of yeah. course they will. They'll buy it from someone else, whoever yeah. else will supply it, of mm. course. We mm. know that. So, you know, you're both right, unfortunately, but um, I... <laughs> I, I tend to agree a lot with Paul with what he's saying, but then Trevor's also got some very nagging, bloody, very good points over there he's too. Good at nagging, isn't so, it? No, so it is. It's just one of those things you would love to be able to say to China, "Go and get fucked," but you can't. Mm. You know, they are. And they haven't. So has, they are the number two economy in the world. They're going to become the number one economy in the world. We can't afford to make too too big an enemy of. Mm. We also can't afford to go grovelling to I the don't have to grovel. With you. I oh, agree with you. It's not about grovelling. Yes, it is. No, That's exactly not. what they want, Trevor. And this no. is what you don't no. seem to no. understand. No. The not... Chinese want us but, to grovel. No, all the other countries in the Asian regions and Japan and Korea are not grovelling. We don't have to grovel. And they've been we punished pick, too. We pick and choose our moments. And we've been successfully selling them stuff, but Morrison is such a klutz uh, that he thinks he can throw our weight around when we have no weight. Like, we're just a featherweight entering a heavyweight bout. Like, we're just getting smashed. He shouldn't have stepped in the ring. I agree that it probably would have been more appropriate for the foreign minister to to speak on the matter. But, you know... Well, I don't think that China would have necessarily put out that tweet Mm. had we not escalated the tensions with them. I disagree. The way we had. I tell you what, the chat room... I disagree. That guy who who tweeted that uh, doctored image, he's done it before. I know, he's done it before. He has formed this guy. Absolutely. But, you know, as we know, everything happens in China happens with the authority of Xi behind it. We're going to have to move on on a little bit because we are going, as Dire Straits says, how long are you going to go around in circles on this topic? And but there was a good, a good as one long here. As it takes, Dice. There was a good one here from Don who said the rest of the podcast should be done through the medium of interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do that, don't you, Trevor? I think we could. Yeah, I'll go then. So. <laughs> just, um, just a, still on the topic, but just moving it on. So, the, the, so basically, in the Australian other Murdoch media, they're now claiming that the Labor Party is soft on China. This is ridiculous. Well, they're not that hard, are they? <laughs> No, I thought Albanese did speak up quite sternly about China. Because he criticised Morrison. He did criticise Morrison, but he also had he also said that China went too far. Yeah, and and basically the Murdoch media and probably Spectator. I haven't been keeping an eye on Spectator lately, but uh, we're saying things like, "Well, you know, traitor. He's not going hard enough on China. We need." Um, He's he's wishy-washy. He really is wishy-washy. Right. Don't you think? Well, well, what what about... Penny Wong, I thought. He's not not wishy-washy on this. He criticised China and he said Morrison's done a shitty job. I think he's Well, that's easy, isn't it? Oh, Morrison's done a shitty job. Dr. No made a career out of it, (laughs) didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Abbott. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, it was only seven years ago, five years ago, that Abbott 
signed a free trade agreement with China, with China, yeah. and declared, "Isn't China wonderful? This is the future of us for Australia. It's all just a bed of roses ahead of us as we enter this magnificent partnership with the Chinese." And the union movement and Labor said, "Hang on a minute! Don't like to look at this free trade agreement. This is." got stuff that allows Chinese workers to come in here and a few other things. Mm. And what did the Murdoch papers do at the time? Say, you bloody racist <laughs> unions and labour, you need to support this Chinese free trade agreement. This is our future mm. with China. And then five years later, they're going, oh, now you're not tough enough on China. Yeah. It's Orwellian. Can be. Because... It's so, like so hang on, we're, we're fighting all, Eurasia or East Asia. Exactly. We were always at war with East Asia, apparently. <laughs> exactly. It's just a rewriting of history by the Murdoch Empire that says, oh, we're always at war with China. Hang on a minute. Look at your own papers five years ago and you'll see a completely different story where you were criticising Labor and the unions for not being pro-China enough. Yeah, but you're talking about how many years ago? Five. Well, I'm about talking five. about now. Yeah, well, and I'm not a fan of Abbott, as you know. Yeah. Anyway, just bear that in mind, dear listener, that um, it wasn't that long ago she was here and went around the country to all sorts of places and was went being... Went to Tasmania and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Went to Tasmania. And uh, since Whitlam, every Prime Minister has made a trip to China. Exactly. The first one who won't go... Sometimes on a submarine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Even before Whitlam, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, Morrison will be the first. He'll never go because he won't get an invite. So there you go. Oh, Good job, me. Scott Morrison. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Terrible. Well, I'm not a fan of Morrison, but I think it, at last he's shown it. some resolve. Oh, he's completely you know. stuffed it. So Disagree. Yeah. He has gone into it like a bull in a china shop, though. Mm. He has really gone at it too hard. Mm. I don't know. He made one statement and that, that was it. And he hasn't said anything since. Right. Yeah. What in the chat room have we got here? So anything good in there, Joe? Can you flick through it and tell us um, any comments that we should fo- – if you could, please, just roll through them and, <laughs> and just as we proceed, just let us know if there's any good ones that we should have referred to. So, um, right, dear listener, I haven't mentioned the patrons in a long time. So uh, here's how it works, dear listener, if you're new to this podcast, is you get about 20 to 25 of them for free. So um, if you've been listening to this podcast for 20 to 25 episodes and you're pretty much committed every week, you love it, you don't miss a show, you look at your podcast app and you go, fantastic, Iron Fist and Velvet Glove, I'll listen to that straight away. If you've been doing that for about 25 episodes and you're not a patron as yet, then here's what I would like you to do is either become a patron or... Or be a sponsor. Or go to your uh, podcast (laughs) app at this moment and click the unsubscribe button and just go away, okay? Because if you don't get that um, we're actually producing something of value worth a dollar a show after all this, then you're not doing me a favour or the guys a favour. You make it sound so cheap. Yeah, that's right. It is cheap. If if it's not worth a dollar a show and you're at that point, just go away. Uh, if you if you sort of flick in and out, you don't really, you know. Sometimes you'll just see what the topics are, and that's not okay. diplomatic, I Trevor. Get, saying I, just go away. Yeah. If you don't like our terms, yeah. Yeah. just go away. <laughs> that's right, but it's honest. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. But if you're in and out, and you're not really that, you know, you're not committed. Fair enough. But if you're committed and you haven't chipped in, 
time to uh, time to stump up. <laughs> and if that doesn't sound like a good idea, then just go away. All right, but we've had some patrons over the time, starting way back from the 5th of February 2016 was Sean, the one and the only. Good on you, Sean. Followed by Janelle Craig, John Landon Hardbottom, Wayne Oyame, Alison, Tony Wall, Jimmy Spud, Kane Birch, Bronwyn Ben, Pele, Maddox Man, Dominic DeMassey, Liam McMahon, Daniel Curtin, Harry Watson, Gavin S, Peter Gillespie, Captain Doomsday, who also comes through with beer and rum, Andy Dowling, Murray Waper, Melinda, Adam Priest, Professor Dr. Dentist, Glenn Bell, Craig S. Matthew, Clinton Riggs, Alexander Allen, Paul Waper, Tom Doolan, Tero, Camille, Donnie Darko, John in Dire Straits, yet another Pinker fan, Graham Hannigan, Mark Clark, Citizen Six, David Coatley, Andrew Jackson, Yam Yam Blue, Shane Ingram, Craig Ball, LB, Pete Slizzle, Shailene Martin, Stephen Twigger, David Hanby, Wayne, Branwyn, James Leanne, Sue Cripp and Matt Dwyer. That's all the patrons. If, you're not, if you think you're a patron and I didn't call out your name, it's because your credit card's expired. You need to get Ooh. back on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smiley Al Klinger does our intro. Uh, thank you, Smiley Al. And non-patrons who do it through PayPal have been Dean and Woz and the beneficiary, Mr. Anderson, Matt Mann, Anne Reid, Jared Terry, Obrad Puskarika, Darren Giddens, Watley and Greg Clark. So thank you. And also some beer sponsors over time have been Woz, Wayno, Landon, Bronwyn, Dave, Adam, Landon, again, Caitlin, Zach, Captain Doomsday, Glenn Bell, Steve Shinners, Mel, Dire Straits, uh, Steve again, Brett from Mount Isa and Paul Waper. So all of those people, thank you very much. You don't get – it's one of the other things about this whole deal that I ask you to sign up and be a patron. You actually won't get your name mentioned that often. But that's because, <laughs> that's because it's boring for everybody else to hear it, you know. So, But every so often, once in a blue moon, we'll mention your name. But in we, our, we can in scroll our, across the bottom of the screen yeah, during we, the episode. We could do that. But in our hearts, you know that we appreciate it. So there you go. Thank you to the patrons and thank you uh, to the people in the chat room who contribute that way as well. Right. Um, actually, I've got this little bit about, uh, here it is, have Australians killed children? So there's a report in the New York Times, um, Kabul, Afghanistan, this is 2009, Oregon province, five children were killed in pre-dawn fighting on Thursday between Australian special troops and Taliban guerrillas. A statement by the Australian military said a number of people have been killed and wounded during this incident. In addition to the five children, a suspected insurgent was killed. Um, blah, blah, blah. A senior military Australian official, Lieutenant General Mark Evans, declined to answer questions about how so many children could die in one attack or whether the children were killed by shots fired on the ground or whether they died from an airstrike. So that was Australians admitting to civilian children casualties in Afghanistan and... That sounded like that was not deliberate acts of murder. That sounds like the kids were killed as a result of yeah. collateral damage. Yeah, which is what happens when you it go to war. It happens when you go to war, yeah. but it's not nice and that sort yeah. of thing, but it does happen. Yeah, and when we send troops to a country like Afghanistan and say, go and run a war like this, we know that innocent civilians will be killed as a result. Like, we shouldn't be there. We've said this before. Why not? We are achieving nothing. 
Uh, what, tribal about, what about groups? the original reason for going there is to get rid of the Taliban? You didn't think that well, was a good the, reason to go? The original reason to go Not there you was can't to... can't do it. Well, the original reason... Well, they to, did. They got rid of them to... Well, well, not permanently. They're, but now they're negotiating with them to come back into government. You know, the Taliban yeah. which, are which like cockroaches. Amazing, they're never it? going to go anywhere. You, you know, it's... I just think to myself, the original justification for going into Afghanistan was justified because they had to get Osama bin Laden out. Now, had the Yanks have actually committed troops on the ground and that sort of stuff, rather than just going with the airstrikes and that type of thing... That, well, they did put some troops on the ground, but not... Thousands not, and thousands. Yeah, I know, but not initially, though. Initially, with the airstrikes and all that sort of stuff, they had they had Osama bin Laden, they had him lined up and that sort of thing, and they blew the hell out of a whole series of bunkers and that type of thing. And they had him on radio and that type of stuff, and they, he was sounded winded and that type of thing, and they said, had they have had Navy SEALs on the ground then, they would have caught him or they would have killed him then and there, it would have been over. But this is going on for 20 years now. And at the end of the... Once the analysis is worn out, once the analysis is finally completed, we will have achieved nothing over there. Not a thing. Not a thing. dead Afghans and dead Australians. Exactly. There have been some positive reports coming out of the country over the years about, you know, girls going to school... Absolutely. Kids, do, you know, being allowed to participate in sports that were just didn't exist in Afghanistan, particularly for girls. And, you know, sadly, they've built up the hopes of a lot of people in Afghanistan which are now going to be just thrown in the rubbish bin, which is tragic. It's a tragedy that we should never have entered in the first place. Yeah, but when you say they didn't achieve anything, I, I disagree. They did achieve uh, some good work. Uh, for some ordinary Afghan civilians, particularly women and girls, who've been shown that they don't have to live like that, you know, as... as once, once the troops pull out, they will. I know, but at least it's given the women of Afghanistan some sort of idea that it doesn't have to be that way. And that has some value, I think. Yeah, but in, in the overall scheme of cost of lives... It, it don't you think, though, Paul, once the, once the Western troops actually leave and that sort of stuff and the Taliban gets back into power and that type of thing, you're going to have this regretful situation that the women are going to be back in burqas and all that sort of thing, the women aren't going to be allowed to go to school, it will be a disaster. Sadly. Yeah. I'm afraid so, that, that will happen. But there is, there is some value in giving people hope and ideas about how things can be different if the circumstances are changed. I definitely think, think that, that has that some value. Are, they're, only be- they're only real benefit from that is that they can look at, well, look, things are so much better in Australia, I should try and get to Australia. But then we don't want them here. No, I, I don't think that's the point but, at all. No, I think That the was point- impossible to do without killing lots of people. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Yep. Well, changing so, their minds without changing their minds at the very least. So because, because it came at the cost of so many lives, it was a, it was a look, debacle. Look, you know, I mean, there have been a lot of changes in human history, particularly in the last few hundred years, and a lot of them are based on just people changing their mind about how things are and how they could be. And I think that has incredibly... So you think Australia should have gone to Afghanistan? Yes. To, and to... it should still be there? Well, that's that's a very difficult question to answer, isn't it? Because obviously 
Australia by itself cannot achieve anything. Well, you calculate things differently to me. Like, See, the my- whole lockdown thing, you had this whole calculation of the value of people's lives and their existence and, and oh, you've saved lives with COVID, but look at the disaster you've caused to these other people with their, with their livelihoods. Well, I think and you're, you're a little do bit a, negative. You, you do a very different calculation to what I do on these things. You, you weigh them up. Very I, I don't see any comparison at all with the COVID it's, lockdown. It's, it's a weighing up of good and bad, and you weigh them up very differently, the results of these things. Possibly. Mm. See, just going back onto that, mm. I remember being at my cousin's eldest funeral. Mm. Now, he was killed in Afghanistan. How many funerals did he have? No, it was only his funeral. His eldest funeral? No, <laughs> my cousin's eldest son. Oh, I see. He was killed in Afghanistan. They brought his body back here and he was cremated up in Gainda. Mm. I read um, his name on Anzac Day. He did, yes. Mm. And Commiseration. Yeah, that's nah, okay. But um, Senator Faulkner was the defence minister at the time. And, you know, I went up to him and said, thank you for coming, Senator, and all that sort of stuff. And I just said to him at the time, I said, do you really think we're doing the right thing by being there? And he said, oh, yeah, we are. And he looked away from me and all that sort of stuff. I thought to myself, your heart's not in this. Rudd said that that was the whole point of WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks produced evidence that Rudd was publicly saying all's good in Afghanistan yeah. and privately to the Americans in correspondence saying, I'm shit scared about what's going on over there. Absolutely. We're getting completely different stories. Mm. Well, he's not going to announce on ABC TV that he's shit scared about Afghanistan, is he? Well, he shouldn't be announcing it's all going well when he knew it was completely the opposite. The same happened in Vietnam. Perhaps, but, you know, he's certainly... Perhaps? Well, he's certainly not going to get up on TV and say, I'm shit scared of what's... He shouldn't be lying about the progress of the war to Australian people. I agree, he shouldn't be lying. Well, that's what he did. WikiLeaks proved that. Okay, point taken. Mm. But, you know, obviously there are some things that you do not say to the public about... Uh, what your military is engaged in. You don't say, we're about to attack this place over here tomorrow night, because obviously they'll defend it. But you can certainly say, you you, you certainly should be honest with the Australian public about what's happening in a war in Afghanistan. Well, he might have been also thinking about the morale of the troops who were actually over there. Yeah, yeah so the morale you... of the troops outweighs the Australian people knowing the true facts of what's going no, don't on. Don't you think that had given them rubbish. six doesn't outweigh Had he made, made that assessment to the, US, to the US and that sort of stuff and waited six months and given the troops and that sort of stuff over there, look, you've got six months, then you're getting out, and then after that he could have announced three months later saying, look, it's not going anywhere, we're pulling our troops out. And that would have been it. Mm. That would have been a hell of a lot better than just to continue hanging on the way we have. You know, mm. every one of those... We're in an alliance. Yeah, I know we're in an alliance, and, but... The and way... that's part of it. No, it's not. No, that, it's not. not part of New that Zealand's, alliance. New Zealand isn't there. Well, New, New Zealand's, Zealand's not in there. the alliance yeah, yeah, anymore. Well, yeah, well, that's the point. Like, they're going fine, aren't they? Yeah, but New Zealand was... They're, they're for the time being. They're showing what you can do. New Zealand was there initially while there was a large UN body there, Mm, mm. and that made perfect sense. I Mm. agree with you wholeheartedly there. 
I would rather see Australia be out on their own and that sort of stuff and just being involved in multinational involvement and that yeah. sort of stuff in peacekeeping yeah, We're forces. just lapdogs of the US. We Absolutely. rock up to every war that they want to conduct. Well, that's Absolutely. a very negative uh, description of it's our... It's an accurate description. It is, it, is, it is negative and it's accurate. Mutually beneficial arrangement with the United States. Yes. Well, it's the last not, time we it's had not any... To, it's no longer to our, to our benefit. Oh, come on. It's, it's, it's no we longer need it now more than ever, Trevor. No. And in the, in the coming China five not, to ten years... China couldn't invade Australia if it wanted to. Uh, well, it's, it doesn't it, necessarily it, that's have why to invade. We should just let them buy the place like everybody else. Oh, yeah, great. So. So that's why China, that's why we bought those surface to air, those air to surface missiles and that sort of stuff to sink Chinese ships that are on their way to Australia. It's exactly very difficult. China it's could not invade. China could here. not invade Australia. No. So, so not yet. Yeah. So, but they are building their military at a furious pace. Yeah, and it's a very difficult thing to conduct a sea campaign oh, across I, I, the water. I take that. And, that, a, that and point, a good range of submarines is all we need to stop. And we're not going to have them till about Chinese 2050. Armada. So that's the what we should get cracking built. on doing. Yes. Is is get cracking on proper submarines? Yes, not the French so, ones. Exactly. <laughs> we should have bought them from Japan. Yeah. I agree. Just before we um, move on, I just want, I found this report, which is. Um, Apparently so, the Japanese subs were too small or something. Was that why they were no, rejected? No, they were just... Too was, small was perfect. They you just want Perfect them, for you, but... No, you just no, want in them in to defend of, local waters. Yeah, 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 perfect for you too. But in terms of the reason why our defence, you know, experts in the military who, who made the choice, why the Japanese subs weren't acceptable to them, does anyone know why? Yeah, because the military wants the ability to... Um, sail around the South China Sea as part of a mission with America to actually attack, so they wanted to long, actually attack range, China. Longer range. To be an attacking force against China rather than a defensive force. Do you know what, if you study martial arts, and you probably have at some point, do you mm. know what they say in, in most martial arts? They say the best defence is a good offence. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Yeah, they also say things like don't go into a gunfight with a knife and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, we could probably think of others. Too. Anyway, I just want to make this point about um, sloth, a throat slitting. Just to backtrack a little bit, but a Dr. Samantha Kromwitz, she helped initiate the Brereton Requiry with a report. And in it, there's two paragraphs. Dr. Kromwitz was told that after squirters, now squirters... Uh, was is special forces speak for people who run from compounds when our troops advanced or attacked them. So Dr. Kromwitz was told that after squirters were dealt with, special forces would then cordon off a whole village, taking men and boys to guest houses, which are typically on the edge of a village. There they would be tied up and tortured by special forces, sometimes for days. When the special forces left, the men and boys would be found dead, shot in the head or blindfolded with Throats slit. And in another paragraph, a specific incident described to Dr. Converts involved an incident where members of the SASR were driving along a road and saw two 14-year-old boys whom they decided might be Taliban sympathisers. They stopped, searched the boys and slit their throats. The rest of the troop then had to clean up the mess, which involved bagging the bodies and throwing them into a nearby river. So... No doubt, and this is according to John Menadieu, no doubt Berriton refers to these incidents in detail, but that would be in the six redacted volumes of the Brereton Report. And at page 103 of the report, 
referring to the entirely redacted Chapter 2.50, Brereton says, What is described in this chapter is possibly the most disgraceful episode in Australia's military history, and the commanders at troop, squadron and task group level bear moral command responsibility for what happened under their command, regardless of personal fault. So that's what I had in mind when I was talking to you about throat slitting. Now, don't you think, given that, that the Chief of Defence Force, who said initially that he was was writing to the Governor-General to remove the unit citation Mm -hmm. from them, don't you think that was entirely reasonable? No. I don't know so much about the years and the... I don't know so much about that. Okay. Yeah. But why would you punish a whole unit for the bad behaviour of a small number of them? Well, 39 of them, is 19 of them are... Th- 39 Thousands of Australian troops have served I know, in it's Afghanistan. Not, it's not the troops, it's the special forces. Yes, but, and their whole command structure looks to be suspect. Yes, but hundreds of special forces troops have served in Afghanistan and they've, they've singled out 19 bad guys. That is still a small minority of the total number that have served. Yeah, I can understand that. So, of course, you're not going to remove the citation for for their service of the ones who didn't do anything bad. Why would you do that? Well, because you've just got to, you know, if you go take us back there and reread that, Trevor, where you've got that that whole point where they're saying that, um, uh, you know, you've got that. Suggestion that people are having that two fourteen-year-old boys having their throat slit. Yeah, 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 but who was doing it is the question, and how yeah, many people were involved. Yeah. Like it's a, it's, it's been a twenty-year exercise in Afghanistan. So, you know, for the first fifteen of those years, maybe none of this sort of shit was yeah, happening. Maybe. So, I'm, I've got some sympathy for the guys who. Were, I think yeah. I think there should be an effort made to find the ones responsible and to deal with them rather than painting particularly when you're going back a long way. But, but this, this... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. This shows a failure, I think, of command authority. Does, yeah. And, and, yes, and, and so commanders should definitely be responsible for the commanders in charge of the but, troops who do stuff. But unfortunately it reflects mm. on the whole of the troop. Yeah, yeah but I don't think it reflects on somebody who was there 20 years ago and, was, right. and left 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, but, like, but, but conversely, th- there's a an optic to giving a reward to everyone, including those who behave badly. No, no, no. I think Mm. the idea was that those who are found to have behaved badly will not get any uh, awards or citations, but the others will. And 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 those in charge of them should be... Yeah, those in charge of those those Mm. particular soldiers. Look... We agree, Paul. Yeah. You and I are on the same side on something here. When I was training to be a high school teacher, do you know one thing that I'll never forget? And they said, if you've got a rowdy class... (laughs) They said offence is the best form of defence. Let me finish. Slap the kids first. They said, "If if you've got a rowdy class... But obviously it's just, you know, certain students misbehaving. Uh, chop the snake off at the head. Oh, Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought it was funny, Paul. Go ahead. They said, okay, how do you discipline that class? Okay. Some teachers will just say, the whole lot of you are staying in at lunchtime. Yep. So what happens then? The good kids become resentful. Yes. Because they didn't deserve it. Yeah. So that is a huge mistake for a young teacher to go into a classroom and, you know, have a bit of trouble with the class and saying, the whole lot of you are staying in at lunchtime. I agree. You have to be selective. 
you have to discipline the ones who deserve discipline mm. and no, treat the others as, as they, they deserve, which is to yeah, be treated the, well. The kids who didn't deserve it will, after lunch, give the kids who did deserve it a kicking. No, they won't. No, yes, they, they won't. won't. Because no, they they won't. They're, they're, they're much smaller. Because they don't have a power, don't have the power no. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of my daughters was very annoyed when that sort of blanket punishment yes. was applied it's terrible. to the class. It's yes. terrible. And One of her big gripes in life yeah. was when that happened. And the teachers just get the whole side off, yeah. you know, whole, whole class offside is what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think they have to be selective. I'm fully supportive of yes. those troops who, do, who did atrocities, who yeah. committed atrocities. They definitely should be held to yeah. account and, you know, possibly imprisoned, whatever. Yeah. Find the naughty ones and punish those specifically. Exactly. Much like what China's doing with us at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) I would not categorise us as naughty. Just just a joke. I know. Keep an eye on that chat room for anything good that's going on in there. I'm sorry in the chat room. We're really... um, There was discussions about whether or not the US provided naval support for East Timor. Yeah, well, we asked for help in East Timor and they said, no, you're on your own. And that was, you know, in the end, a breach of the ANZUS Treaty. But in the end, it was a good good decision by the Americans to stay out. It wasn't 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 a breach breach of the the ANZUS ANZUS Treaty Treaty because Australia wasn't under attack. Exactly. Well, well, does the ANZUS Treaty say you have to be under attack? Yes, Yes, it does. That's what it's about. It's a mutual defence treaty. It's a mutual defence treaty that actually Mm. says there's a very there's Mm. a hidden little line in there that says that um, something like in in respect of defence forces allocation at the request of our parliamentary debates and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the Marines are coming. Mm. What that says is we'll argue about it in Congress and if we decide to send troops, we will send troops. Daniel says the US did help in Timor, exclamation mark. They sent US Navy ships. Well, I don't remember that. There was some mm. discussion around the US being involved. You Google that, Joe. And, the, and they sent logs as well, apparently. No, logs. There, was, there was some... Dis- log support as well. There was Logis- some logistical, logistical, logistical support and that sort of thing I think the oh. Yanks actually provided, but that mm. was about it. Yeah, I think they didn't want troops around because obviously the Australian troops had relationships with the Indonesian yeah, troops. Yeah, exactly, so whereas the those, Yanks didn't. Yeah. yeah, so it was a good decision by the Americans not to be involved, but mm. I thought it was a technical breach. You're saying not. No, it wasn't a breach of the ANZUS Treaty mm. because Australia got involved in that and that sort of thing. And it... You know, Howard went into that way too quickly. He did the right thing and that sort of stuff in the end. However, he should have got the Yanks on side first because the Americans, uh, it was uh, Clinton at the time, there was some speech and that sort of stuff he was giving in Auckland and he said at the time something like, well, depending on Indonesia's attitude and that sort of stuff, we'll have to look at our package of loans and that sort of stuff that are coming down the pipe. And the Indonesians sat back and thought, oh, shit, we need that money. So the Indonesians then started to play ball with the Australians. Mm-hmm. But I think Howard should have gotten in contact with Clinton first and said, we need you to make some sort of backup statement to this because otherwise we can't afford to go in on our own. Anyway. We, all right, we need to move on because yeah. I haven't researched that off the top of my head. Uh, so we're just speaking without good knowledge of the facts at our think tips. But just a point that um, David William McBride is an Australian whistleblower and former British Army Major and Australian Army lawyer. Uh, and he was basically the whistleblower who mm-hmm. said 
there's all this bad stuff happening in Afghanistan, and he went through every possible forum he could within the army to um, to try and have these matters addressed, and nothing ever ha- happened. So he went outside that, and he is charged with several offences and is awaiting trial, which are basically all the stuff that's appeared in the Brereton report. So that sort of... There you go. Uh, Timor, the US contributed seven ships. There we go. However, Australia was the biggest with 14 ships deployed. Daniel was right. Good on you, Daniel. So, um, so anyway, David William McBride, uh, they should really do something to stop that because clearly the sorts of stuff he was talking about is what's appearing in this Brereton report. So there's a petition you can sign. They would have dropped to, the charges. Yeah, exactly. And Christian Porter is saying, oh, I'm not going to get involved in that. Right. Um, he's got his own problems to deal with. Yeah. Porter's a fucking tool, isn't yeah, he? He's, yeah. Don't rely on him in a, an emergency. Uh, how are we going? Right. Prisoner swaps. So remember there was that lady in yeah, Iran. in Iran. Who had an Israeli boyfriend. Yeah. And who was thrown into jail. Uh, and then it turns out that we did a deal with, the Indian uh, Thailand. Thailand, Thailand had some Iranian, some Iranian terrorists, some yeah. legless and we, ones, and apparently. Well, so what do you think, Paul, about it? About a prisoner swap? Is that a good idea? Is that is that acceptable? Good idea? Well done, Morrison government on that one, or 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 bad idea to negotiate with t- tyrannies and terrorists? It's usually a bad idea to negotiate, but in this case, they swap some legless. Terrorists for a hopefully still healthy uh, young Australian woman. It's a good deal. Okay, deal. A deal you would have done. I'm happy for her. She's out of prison. Would you have done the deal? I'm not sure. I would have done it. I think it's a good deal. I I congratulate the Morrison government. What? Mm. You're congratulating the Morrison government? Yeah. I have witnesses. Yeah. At different times. In fact, probably at least two or three witnesses out there in podcast land. This goes to show when when it's appropriate. Really? Good on you, Trevor. And, you know, clever in the sense it was was all done diplomatically behind the scenes, no blustering about it. It was done in behind the scenes, cut a deal, done and dusted. Now they're saying... No deal was done. It was just a coincidence. Well, okay, if that's what you're going to say, that's what you're going to say. But Did they say no deal was done? Officially, they say no deal was done because really? we don't negotiate with terrorists. But obviously, Which is usually the, a sound policy. I think yeah, you'd agree. Yeah, but obviously on the facts, we negotiated with terrorists. So, well, yeah, at least the Iranian a government. A terrorist the government, government, yes. So, um, so anyway, well, I, think, I, I, I think that's a great... It's a good outcome. Good for outcome. Well done, Morrison government. It's a good outcome for the young lady and that sort of stuff that was yeah. involved in all that sort of shit. But don't you think that uh, she, she would have died? Should be a little bit more. Let the buyer beware. If you're going to travel to a place like Iran, this sort of shit can happen. Yeah. And don't go with an Israeli boyfriend. Sorry. And she don't go with an Israeli boyfriend. Go yeah, with exactly. her boyfriend. 
Uh, well, uh, or she had an Israeli boyfriend. She had an Israeli. Uh, she didn't yeah. go there with uh, an Israeli okay. boyfriend. Yeah. Well, don't even have an Israeli boyfriend in particular. If you've got an Israeli boyfriend, Just don't don't go. Don't be friends with Israelis. I don't think you should travel to don't. the Middle East. Full no, stop. Exactly. Because the place is completely unstable. Yep. You know, I would love to go to the pyramids, but I'm never going to go. Clearly, if we were there, to the pyramids, exactly. Yeah. Given what we've Egypt's said about about. Islam and all the rest of it. If we went there, we'd be in we'd the slam. We'd be fucked, yeah. And, and you'd be saying, don't do any deals because we deserved it. Is that what you're saying, Scott? <laughs> Absolutely. Are they yeah, keeping being stupid enough to be there. Files on us in, in right. the Egyptian secret service. I don't know. They probably... Are you? I don't know. Anyway. Well, the whole point is Looking that... at you. I don't think I'm ever going to travel to Hong Kong again because of all the stuff I've said about China. I have the same feeling about China. I'd love to travel around China. Yeah. I've been there once and I'd love to go again, but I'm a little bit nervous about going, to be quite honest. Exactly. Not that I know I'm a very, 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 very insignificant part of China's problem with Australia. Mm. However... She was pretty insignificant. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You, you just don't know who they might pick up as a hostage. Indeed. Because, as we know, China has several uh, foreign hostages. Yeah. A couple of Canadians. Yeah. Probably a few others from various countries. Yeah. In the chat room, there's a, not a lot of sympathy here. So, Dire Straits says, surely a bit of self-responsibility is in order. She was in Iran, or she says, with an Israeli boyfriend, question mark. Not she a wise move. with it. But she boyfriend. had one. And James said, but... Will that only encourage other countries to kidnap and exactly. other Australian citizens to orchestrate future releasing of other terrorists? I agree. They will do it anyway. We know that. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe we should have sent a couple of helicopters in to mm. crash in the desert. Mm. Yeah. To no, the Americans in the 1980s <laughs> oh, right. rescuing hostages in Tehran. Right. And that didn't go well. No. No. No, we couldn't do it by force. But uh, certainly not by force. Yeah. Anyway, um, for the deal that was done. Yeah, it's a bit iffy. I I think it's a bit iffy. But yeah, I, the, the, yeah, I mean, what you know, they gave up a couple of to Ira- three Iranians, I think it was, who mm. had uh, been in in the act of um, committing a, a terrorist act in Bangkok, I think. Mm. Against an Israeli mm. diplomat, and, wasn't it? And they it? failed miserably and injured themselves, apparently. Mm. Here's, here's my idea. If prisoner swaps are okay, we should do one with the UK and get Julian Assange back. Who are we going to trade for Julian Assange? There are, I looked it up. <laughs> Did you? There are 602 UK-born prisoners in our jails. Like, Any that they would want back? I, I don't know. <laughs> no, if a prisoner swaps on the cards, let's do one with the UK yeah, but and get Julian they, back. They, Hang on, they UK have to born, actually... so they're dual citizens? or I don't know. I'm just prepared to swap them. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the UK <laughs> actually has to, ha- ha- they has to, have to want, want them, them back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they probably don't. Because <laughs> anyway. Australia does deport uh, con- convicted criminals after they've served their time, doesn't it? Um, yes, it yes. does. Indeed. Is the answer. Yeah. So... You know, mm. There's probably none that the UK particularly want yeah, to come yeah, home. Yeah. Um, might leave this one for next week. I thought we'd talk about where you and I agree or disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that one. That'll take some thought. Yes. Um, the agreements list was shorter than the disagreements list. So, yeah. Oh, I think we agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, remember there was a lady in Sydney who was working in quarantine hotels and she tested mm-hmm. positive. Yeah. And it 
uh, turns out that she was commuting and she wore a mask on her commute, placing her in a minority of Sydney commuters. And there's a quote here from somebody saying, um, but like all people that wear a mask, sometimes she adjusted it, nothing is a perfect guarantee. So she's got COVID, she's got a mask, she's on public transport. Was the mask effective in... um, preventing her from passing COVID to other people. That's the whole point of masks. That report that we were talking about the other week didn't address that scenario about the person with COVID wearing a mask and the transmission by them to other people. It focused solely on people who didn't have COVID. Does that stop them from getting COVID by wearing a mask? So that's an important part of mask wearing, if not the most important part, that that study did not address. Anyway, have you been to the emergency department of a hospital recently? Yes. Yeah. Were they wearing masks? Um, They were initially. The last time I went, we were told there's no community transmission of COVID in Queensland uh, and therefore, apart from an initial check on registration, nobody was wearing masks. Yep. That's what I found too when I went into the Marta and that sort of stuff when I dropped that knife on my toe. They had um, the guys out the front wearing masks and lots of stuff. Did you hit it? Sorry? Did you get the toe? My toe was stabbed, yes, by a knife. Why why would you want to do something like that? I didn't mean to do it. I did it. Anyway, it'll all be in my book. Um, Good. But, you know, the guys at the front were wearing masks. Once you got through and that sort of stuff, they didn't wear masks. And I was really surprised the doctor even shook my hand. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Or she? He did, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine went to uh, emergency in... A few days ago, he told me, because he had a, an asthma attack or something, he said nobody was wearing masks. And he said he has friends who are nurses, and he said they don't think masks are particularly effective either. Again, at protecting them or to stop it spreading? He didn't say. Right. But anyway. I'm, I'm sure if you went to a hospital in a country where COVID is rampant. In the yes. UK, they'll be wearing, be wearing masks. masks. Yeah, exactly. In the, the UK, point. they'll be in masks. Whether or not they're effective. And, and don't uh, forget, we have no, nurses. No, because they are effective. We, they'll we, be wearing them. We have nurses here who are anti-vax. Mm. So being a nurse isn't a guarantee against knowing. Of course it isn't. Mm. But, mm. you know, the jury is still out on masks. Let, let's put yeah. it this way. I'm sorry. My, find my, find, find me a scientific... Uh, my friend incredible. who's an ER doctor in the States, mm. where it's endemic, mm. uh lives in PPE when she's on work, uh, on duty. Yes. That must be a bit sweaty. Mm. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's horrible. Mm. Actually, I I, um, I applauded the Morrison government before on this prisoner swap. Again? Well, I did, is what I'm saying. And <laughs> oh, now, okay. just for balance, yeah. I'll criticise uh, Labor as well. For what? <laughs> Christine Keneally, uh, former New South Wales Premier, now Senator, said about decriminalising drugs... I'm highly concerned about the decriminalisation of drugs in countries overseas and the message it sends to young people. So I'd strongly urge the Cabinet to slow down and listen oh to some dear. experts. What an idiot. For God's sake. And it's, and the, She's a tool. Yep. And in go. New South Wales, uh, Gladys Berejiklian is still holding out against um, decriminalising mm. you know, marijuana and things like that and mm. you know, pill testing as a whole lot of... Because she, she set up an inquiry, didn't she? And on pill testing? On, on, on how to deal with uh, drugs taken by young people at right. festivals, whether it's pills or marijuana or whatever. And she was probably expecting them to come back and say, yeah, we have to control this. 
And they came back and said, pill testing is a great idea. Decriminalise uh, drugs. You know, you're just criminalising young people for for things that young people are going to do anyway, you know. Mm. So uh, she didn't get the, uh, the, the, the result that she wanted, but mm. she's still holding out and doesn't want to change anything by mm-hmm. the looks of it, sadly. Mm. Pill testing, no. A corrupt boyfriend, yes. <laughs> Scott, you remember okay. the humanists? Yeah, I am. What, what's this Australian humanist uh, it's group? It's a different... Um, it's some sort of amalgamation. It's not the amalgamations of us all and that sort of stuff. It's just some sort of humanist thing that's going to be all Australian. That's all. Cause you, so there are various state South, chapters. Yeah, there's state chapters and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got this and Australian humanist, which is something that's just going to be an overarching body and that sort of stuff. But we're not giving up any of our money to them. Right. Okay. Anyway, there's some launch this week of mm. this Australian humanist, and I've got a link there in the show notes. If you're interested in becoming an Australian humanist, Alison is one of our... Uh, people who watch us and gets involved mm. here occasionally, she's involved in it somehow, I think. Yeah, she's so, involved with the mm. Queensland Humanists. Yeah, yeah, I think she's also involved in this one, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, have a look at that if you're interested in that. And, um, look, I think I'll have to leave it till next week about agrivoltaics and nuclear power and the different – the cost of generating power, solar versus nuclear very interesting. So I think we'll leave that till next week. There was a tweet by National Secular Lobby today that uh, one of the councils was having a vote tonight on prayer. prayer. Mm. So I don't know what the outcome of that is, but that's one to watch. A, right. a local government council, you mean? Yes. Mm. Okay. So all right, we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, well, good on you in the chat room. I could see it was going... Um, uh, fairly fre- frenetically in there, so that's good. Um, good that you've is there thirteen still watching at the moment? Is that what you, is that figure you're seeing? Yeah, that's right. the figure okay. I'm seeing. Good on you in the chat room. Um, that's great that you make those comments. Um, I think we're probably too late to take calls, so we'll just uh, leave that for the moment. Scott's going to get up at four thirty in the morning and go bike riding. So mm-hmm. I'm mindful of Scott. So so next week will be our last one before we take a break, and that break might be up to four weeks, I think, by the time we come back together. There'll be some other stuff maybe. But anyway, I need to detox from Facebook and new <laughs> stuff, and I need to mm. um, get on a beach and do some other things, clear mm. my head. Yep. Yeah. So. Mm. Good idea. All right, dear listener, talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thanks very much for tuning in. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye, all. Another good spirited discussion, gentlemen. <laughs> As always. I'm for coming in at such short notice. I thought the best way to proceed was to get everyone in the one room. Good thinking. Okay, you're all right. I'll come straight to the point. This white paper is recommending we spend close to $400 billion over the forward estimates. Now, at some point, the PM is going to be asked a very simple question In order to protect us from which enemy? Hmm. It's. So hard to say. Four hundred billion. Pick one. A regional player. Specifically, Colonel. An Indo-Pacific regional player. More specifically. Indo-Asia Pacific. That's broader. Who are you leaving out? Europe. Yeah, I sort of need a country. Or an unaligned player. No, a country. One that might threaten us. Just one. Yeah. I wouldn't want to raise tensions. Where? 
in this room. You know what? I'll name one and you just nod. China. Yeah? Okay. And what exactly are we protecting? Strategic interests. Specifically, Colonel. Indo-Pacific strategic interests. Really specifically. Indo-Asia-Pacific strategic interests. You know what? I'll say it and then you nod. Our trade routes. Yeah? And who is our number one trading partner? Shall we use an odd system? Sure. China? Yeah. So under this scenario, we're spending close to $30 billion a year to protect our trade with China from China. And that doesn't strike anyone at this table as odd? Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, First up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said. And when you're talking to your friends, say, hey, I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to. And maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it. Like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Fist Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out. The other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to I think $10 and various ones in between. It's really, what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it, because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just, it'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event, you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners And that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.